I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I uploaded it and was panicking. I can't put this out there. Why have I put this out there? Instantly had like got loads of likes. I've always been really embarrassed of my body. It's embarrassing that I've got a vagina and a vulva and boobs. Why am I living in embarrassment when it's, you know, like half the world experiences it. Someone messaged me earlier and like, how many sex toys do you have? Well, I've got sent like four of the little roses and I was like, oh, I'm gonna give those out to everyone and they are great. You do have to prioritize yourself and I think if you lower your standards, rather be unhappy alone than be unhappy with someone. Men don't always know what you want and we don't always know what men want. Yeah. We kept going in a long distance relationship. That relationship died at the point, the, th the three year mark. But I personally would say, if you want different things, there's no end in sight. I think it's time to give it, give it the end. Hey guys, and welcome back to Working Hard, Hardly Working, the podcast. Today's episode is with Hayley Morris, who is a hilarious comedian and comedy writer. She does stuff all over Instagram and TikTok. Her sketches are just great, and we have such a wholesome chat in this episode. It was just really, really lovely to have a little heart-to-heart, -heart, talk about her career, talk about everything she's kind of been through to get to this point, to talk about how she's always done these little sketches. It's kind of her comfort place. She tried for eight or nine years to be doing this before getting any traction, and then completely blew up on TikTok, and now has over six million followers across her platforms, which is just absolutely unbelievable. So this episode is half and half. It's half and half talking about Hayley, her career, her amazing comedy, her biggest life lessons, and it's also half about answering your guys' sex relationships and dating dilemmas so it's a really juicy one I had such good fun recording this episode I hope it will be a really nice listen for you no matter what you're doing at the moment as always if you love the episode please rate it and share it with your friends and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts wherever you listen to it I have a feeling you're going to really enjoy this one because I personally had a great time thank you so much to Hayley for coming thank you to you for listening and as always have a lovely day So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Very excited to chat to you today. Can you take us back? How did it all happen? We are going to go back to when I was like maybe seven. There was a point where I was so shy. My dad was like, the only thing we can do is put them on stage. Like me and my brother, he wasn't shy. But that was his answer was go on stage that and perform. That is a bold parenting yeah, choice honestly, for a shy child. Ridiculous. So I was like there in the face of like, you know, everyone with the lights on me. And I was like, this is not for me. Um, but kept at it for years and um, in the background of that my dad would write little sitcoms or sketches and then he'd get me and my brother to do the sketches and he'd film them. Looking back I don't think I ever understood the comedy of them I was just like oh I'm doing this or we're you know I would never find it funny because I'm a kid didn't really understand comedy but me and my brother always did these sketches our family and friends always found them like really funny um, and then getting older, when I went to uni, I was studying broadcast journalism and my lecturer was like, everyone has to have a YouTube channel. Everyone has to, 
you know, get on there and practice being in front of a well, camera. You've been forced in front of and audiences. I was like, yet again, here I am doing something I didn't ask them to <laughs> Broadcasting to yeah, an audience and everyone's watching me again. Just get out there, be happy, don't be shy. I was like, sure, okay. But I actually loved it. I was like, oh, I'm really here for this. It was like in 2009. But then um, I was doing the comedy sketches and I, I realised now, I'm like, I obviously was doing that because it had come from what my dad was doing with me mm. and my brother. And so I'd obviously like, developed a bit of a love for it, really enjoyed doing it. And um, yeah, I started making these comedy sketches and then those people found them uh, at my uni and I was like, oh my God, delete channel. <laughs> but yeah, I basically was doing that and then took it down and was like, how embarrassing the whole rugby team have seen me like being a fool on the internet. And everyone was like, why are you doing that? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, tripped. I actually don't know, it just happened. Um, and then I went back to doing it, but with a different account and changed the name on there, but it was quite blatantly still my face. Yeah. And then people were like, yeah, we're just going to be fine with you doing that now. Did it start to, like, gain traction? Was that why a part of why people started accepting it? Or were they just like, no. just let her do what she wants? <laughs> no, everyone was just like, cool, this is what Hayley does. Like, sure. And I, I have, I've obviously, you know, privatised all those videos, but... Yeah, can totally get why no one was watching. <laughs> yeah, do you see like a lot of evolution? Oh from... yeah, yeah. I feel like that got me to where I am now, though. There's a lot, yeah. of, lot of failing, a lot of embarrassment, a lot of what on earth was I thinking? Um, but yeah, I was doing it for ten years or so, um, or maybe like eight or nine years, and then kind of stopped for a bit. And then during the pandemic, along came. TikTok and Reels. Just quickly with um, YouTube. So you were doing mm -hmm. that for eight or nine years. Were you doing that alongside a more traditional job <laughs> yeah. or was that making you money? So no, it was probably making me about £60 or whatever it is you can get at that threshold to pay you on Google. So it was probably about £60 a month, which at the time I was like, yeah, Google pay <laughs> me. I'm a YouTuber. I'm like I don't making know if you've heard money. Of <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I don't have any brand deals, but I like, yeah, Google do pay me. Um, and people were like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, but alongside that, I was uh, working, I did, a, I was very much a quitter because I just really wanted this, like wanted to go into comedy and I was always like, it will happen, something will happen. So I worked in a beauty company uh, doing social media and then I worked in like um, a viral video company doing their social media uh, and then I did a lot of dipping out of hospitality because it, like, it was just a struggle and yeah. I was always I always worked kind of two jobs made sure in the evenings I was making extra money and then in the day I was doing the social media and then on the weekends filming um, but yeah I just kept doing it kept getting people being like still still trying and I was like <laughs> I'm still yeah, trying I'm enjoying it and was it that you really loved it was it that you thought this is definitely gonna blow up was it I think it got to maybe year five and I was like this isn't gonna happen for me however there's no one that could say oh here's a million pound stop making videos because I, I, I feel like it's it's part of like almost like my lifestyle now and I love doing it I've always enjoyed doing it and that's why I don't think I've ever stopped doing it um like someone messaged me the other day and we're like do you think you'll stop making videos? Like, if you do, can you let me know? Like, I need to be warned. And I was like, I, I truly think I'll be 90 still doing it. Yeah. Like, I, it's so just, just something I you just enjoy. love it. I yeah. love how this is all stemmed from your dad making yeah, I know. you do, like, sitcom things. Yes, literally. Which is, did he have, like, a background in script writing or, so like... he was a creative director at an advertising company, so he wrote okay. scripts, but he also always wrote sitcoms and always wrote scripts, and he was on, like, comedy forums where you'd write something in to go and, like you know, like a panel show, 
just like writing the so jokes. So you're living his dream. I'm living his dream. That's really I know, nice and it's for the best because he he like passed away in 2021. Never oh. saw any of it, but I'm like, I'm doing it for you, Dad. Oh my god. So that like that's for amazing. me makes it yeah, yeah, even yeah. like like better. such yeah. a kind of like full circle moment. Exactly. In that. I I just like absolutely love that that was like his hobby and has exactly. become something. I know. If you'd done it and then blown up really quickly, yeah. it would kind of be like, yeah, sure. But like the fact yeah. that you like obviously clearly genuinely love it and then have been able to like create a career out of that is yeah, just it's absolutely amazing wild like I feel because it took so long I feel like I'm even more grateful for it but it also hasn't sunk in so I wake up and I'm like this is my job <laughs> this is actually I'm actually doing it now oh I love yeah, that so, so nice. TikTok came along and did you hop on it straight away at the beginning of the pandemic could you what were you kind of working in at the time that everyone went into lockdown it's actually a, a weird like my mum always said to me everything that's meant for you will always happen for you and basically I was working at Disney just before the pandemic and a brand had reached out I can't remember who it was or they were an agency and they were like we want you to do the videos you do on YouTube but transfer them over to Musical.ly and I was like I don't know what Musical.ly is sure um, and I was like um maybe and they were like we'll we'll write you up a contract and you'll be paid like 400 pound for it and I was like oh my god that's so much money I was like oh my god I have to do it but I didn't do it I was like I um I didn't have the time because I was it was like 60 70 hours a week at Disney so I was like I just don't think I've got the capacity what were you doing at Disney? Sorry. I was working as a bartender there. Okay. Um, and I was like, I just don't have the time to do it. And then the pandemic hit, lost my job at Disney, got sent home. And all I did was look through TikTok and I kept going, oh, I could have been one of the first ones on here. And like, maybe something would have happened. Um, I've really missed the boat. And then <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've just missed the boat. So the whole of 2020, I was like, I've missed the boat. I'm not going to do it. And then 2021, um well by the end of 2020 I was like I'm just gonna give it a go yeah I'm just like I feel like this is a really fun platform I feel like I want to just like see what happens on here and then 2021 it just blew up and I was like what the hell is going on oh yeah. I love that and I also feel like I I mean I so strongly subscribe to the idea that like what's for you won't miss you because I yeah. also think that like some of my biggest like some of the biggest opportunities you get that then like don't work out or the things that you thought you wanted more than anything that like, yeah. like the things I think of in my um like way back, like I remember when I first started as an influencer, like my biggest dream was to have like a, like a clothing deal with like PLT yeah. or like something like that, which personally for me now is not very yeah. <laughs> Um And like, I remember realizing that in kind of my like second or third year of uni. Cause that was like, at the time that was like, the height of who what you was were looking the cool for, yeah. like influencer at the time I was like oh my god I just like really want a collection with yeah. like PLT or Boohoo or whatever yeah. and then I remember and I like I kept seeing people getting them and being like I'm working so hard why does no one want me in the yeah. clothes like all of this and then like I look at that and I'm like thank fucking god and yeah. then there's other things like right at the beginning of the pandemic I'd been signed for this like TV panel show like as a regular panelist and like I was really, really excited about it. And then I just looked back and I was like, that just would have been, I would, I was at such a delicate state in my like mental yeah. health and I would have been just like put out into, you know, like almost like live TV and yeah. it just would have been terrible shambles, for me. Yeah. And like, so was not the like the direction that no. I needed to go in. And I just feel so strongly that like your life re like really, really will. As long mm -hmm. as you're like putting in effort yeah. and like trusting the process and just like kind of following what you love, but also just like working hard. Like I really feel like it will always find the no, right I'd path for you. No, I 100% agree, yeah. When you started those types of videos on TikTok, what were like the first few about? 
The first, I think the first few I made, I kind of was like trying to find what worked. So I was trying different characters. The first ones I did were because I was in hospitality when I came home and obviously I'd been there when I was in Disney. So I started doing the like, what you actually want to say when you work in hospitality or like what people say. And they were doing well. They were hitting, you know, 100,000 views or so on TikTok. But they also, I was like, I don't feel like this is it. And then I tried another one, which was characterizing someone and then kind of doing a spoof of it. And I was like, I feel like I also don't really like this. It feels like it's almost felt like it was mean to the people that it was about. And I was like, that's not very me. Um, And then I did, I was just, I had like a really big intrusive thought one day. And I was like, do you know what? I wonder what would happen if I, you know, acted that out. And I don't think I, I I still don't really know what the thought process was. It just (laughs) happened. And there I was, like, with me and my brain doing this, acting out an intrusive thought. Um, and I uploaded it and was panicking. I was like, oh, my God, I can't put this out there. Why have I put this out there? And I was like, I need to go back. Went to go and delete it. And it just instantly had, like, got loads of likes and had loads of comments. And I was like, oh, my God, it's not just me. <laughs> I was like, it isn't just me. And then I just went with that. Yeah. And so how do you, like, <clears throat> develop your characters? Do you, like have an idea, try it, and then if it works, you do more? Or yeah. do you kind of plan ahead? Um, I try to plan ahead. I feel like that's the difficult thing with what I do is I try to plan ahead, but I don't think I can ever truly plan ahead because it all comes from like my own experience or what sure. I'm most inspired by. Um, but when I'm introducing a new character, at the beginning, I used to put out like polls on Instagram and be like, you know, who do you want next? Like, what do you want to see? And everyone was always like, we want to see like boobs and vulva. And I was like, sure, let's do that. And I was like, let's see where that goes. Um, And then, you know, I'll I'll introduce them and then see what people think. And then I just try and think if that was a person, how can I make, like, where would they go and try and build it from there? But I feel like my brain characters probably had the most like development over time, but yeah. It's a real weird thing to explain my job. Yeah, no, I can <laughs> like, so well, imagine. Mad you're like, so I'm jumping up and down. Yeah. I'm a penis, okay? <laughs> so you've got to imagine a penis in a sleeping, in a sleeping bag, bag that I won't use ever again. Jumping <laughs> up and down. Um, and it, it, those types of things where you do content about like more taboo topics, mm-hmm. why did you decide to, and I know in the book as well, you talk about kind of taboos and like yeah. normalising like weird thoughts and all of that. Like why was that important to you? I think because like growing up, I've always been really embarrassed of my body, really embarrassed of like the things that happened to my body, embarrassed of like the things I've been thinking or just like in general, everything about my upbringing, like everything has just been an embarrassment for me. I've been like, it's embarrassing I have a period. It's embarrassing that I've got a vagina and a vulva and boobs. Um, And I was like, you know, why am I living in embarrassment when it's, you know, like half the world experiences it? So I just thought if I can say it, like I would say it to my friends, maybe that will help people. And that was like my thing with with the videos I was doing. It was make people laugh, but also try and make them feel like normal. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. And I also think that like, it's nice to be able to do that in an area where you're kind of rewarded for it. Like on somewhere like TikTok, yeah. where people are a lot less polished. It's a lot more like... People are just, you know, you can't really, it's not the same as your username popping up being like, blah, blah, liked this, like on Instagram. Like it's, you don't need to have a TikTok account that has you on it at all. So you can kind of, I mean, bad thing in some ways, but also Mm -hmm. actually like a good thing in being able to just be like, 
you can't uh, some of the shit I go on TikTok and see I'm like wow you're really talking about this on the internet I'm like okay sure <laughs> yeah, go ahead I'm glad you're talking about this because yeah. now we can have this conversation even mm-hmm. though we I'm not having a conversation with you yeah. like it's important to be able to kind of like open that up but I also yeah. just like love the fact that something like TikTok is so like some of the dating stories it's that people so come and say unapologetic on and people like three years ago there is no way no one would sit on Instagram and talk about a hilarious dating story no whereas it's almost like it takes away the power of embarrassing thing happening yeah it really does just like <laughs> you'll never guess what happened to yeah me. I feel like it's one of those things I think a taboo is only a taboo because no one talks about it like it's 100% you know as soon as you start talking about it and open up a conversation it's then like well, why was I so worried about like farting in front of my boyfriend like, yeah you know, it's really not a big deal. I don't know why we've made it such a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that is the the joy of TikTok is that you can say all these... I mean, there's some things that people do overshare to a point I'm like, maybe that one wasn't for online, but we tried it. Um, not necessarily things I've done, but I have seen other people yeah. uh, come out with, you know, things that... Yeah, you know, when people are like, it's you read, not too late to Yeah, they're like, <laughs> you read the comments, you're like, oh my God, oh no, I feel yeah. like that was too far, but is it mean me thinking it's too far? I go yeah, to the yeah, comments yeah. and everyone's like... Yeah, you can delete that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, there, we'll there, is, a, there is a line. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 100%. And so how's your, like, career in comedy writing and everything come from come from this point? Was that something that sort of de- developed at the same time or, like, fully came from the TikTok stuff? I think it was, like, at the same time, but I, st- I still think I'm learning from... I think the beauty of what I do is that I'm learning on the job of what works and what doesn't work um especially going from writing 60 second sketches to a book was very like such a jump but really a really fun process of being like oh okay I don't actually have to cut loads of stuff out what I'm doing here is trying to make it something that's like a story to read rather than being you know something that you watch and get just the, the points you need out of it I can actually go into detail and you know it's it's just learning how to keep people captivated in a long piece as well yeah. as a short piece, which I found like really. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, really and what made you want to write the book? Basically, my dad. He um, he always, well, he's, he wrote a book and self published it, but he'd always write books and then um, send them to publishers. He sounds so amazing. This right, man just he like was just sitting there, unreal. like writing. Like, like he, he wrote this really good, um, I think it was a murder mystery kind of thriller. Um, definitely wasn't murder mystery. I don't know why I said murder mystery. It was like a crime, <laughs> like a crime thrillery book. Um, and he got it self-published and everyone that, that bought it, that was kind of word of mouth through friends and family. They were all like, this is just amazing. I don't know why it's not been published. And it was always his dream. And then Penguin were like, hey, do you want to write a book? I was like, absolutely sign me up right now. <laughs> yes. I was like, In I fact, he's a murder to. mystery. Yeah, I was like, earlier. what about a crime? <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about this? Yeah. Like, oh, I good. swear I wrote it. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. And so what was the, did you like pitch a concept to them? Yeah, so I think it always had to be about what I was doing. It always had to be like an extension of the sketches, um, but I wanted it to be more vulnerable, more honest. Also aligned with the make people laugh, make people feel normal. So that was kind of the, the journey of that it does make me laugh that I'm like, yeah, it's dedicated to my dad, but it's like a lot of mentions of like queefs and vulvas. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah, dad, I think you're proud of that one. <laughs> Thank you, father. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite the crime book. <laughs> yeah, but that is, that, that's amazing. How was like the process of writing that? Did you find it like, I mean, I, it's obviously very different mm-hmm. from writing like a TikTok, which yeah. is much shorter form, but how did you, yeah, like how did you find that process? 
I mean, it's a wild process because I mean, I, you've written a book and like, I don't know, you just find it very like daunting, I yeah. guess, because you know the word count as well. So it's like, okay, how do I structure this? But I, I, I enjoyed the process. I made sure that I got up really early and joined like Sundays, the 5am club because yeah. I work better with writing when I know the world's asleep. It's really right. odd. It's almost like I need a peaceful Tough. environment. Yeah. yeah. Very nocturnal. So I was like, I'm really good at writing, you know, before 7am. And then after 7am, I'm a bit like, oh, there's so many distractions. Yeah. I think the one thing you keep reading over and you keep finding new things you can add and change. And there's never a point where you're like, oh, this is, I'm 100% yes, finished. Definitely. And then once it's out, it's out. It's not like with a caption, how you can tweak it tweak or it, yeah. whatever. And it's the thing forever. So like... If you put out a YouTube video, you can put you out can another it. one the next oh, yeah, week exactly. or like, what, yeah, whatever it might be. And you're kind of, it's constantly evolving. Whereas a book's a book. A book's done. Yeah. I found when I was doing the audio books, I did it um, a few months after I'd finished the book. I was reading it and I was like, oh, I really just, I wanted to like ad lib and, you know, yeah. change bits. I was like, I actually can't do that. Yeah, actually not allowed. Like, I regret not doing that. But yeah, no, it's just, you just find more, more stories you want to add or more things. So yeah, it's just have never, to write another one. I know my like, book two, come at me. So I want to do some dilemmas. I'm I've so asked people for their sex, dating and relationship dilemmas, because mm-hmm. I feel like as someone who talks about taboo topics and generally kind of, you know, opening up the floor to talking about things mm-hmm. like this, I have opened it up to my floor. Excited. The Instagram floor. Mm-hmm. So, my dating dilemma is that I grew up without male attention, and now when a, ma- a man is even slightly nice to me, I'm always hopeful of it being in a flirty way because I rarely receive this attention. However, I am not looking for anything ATM, but how do I break pleasing the male gaze mindset? That's really tough, isn't yeah. it? I feel like a lot of us have grown up like that. But it's just, I, do you know what the one thing, this is really mean to men, and I don't mean this to be mean, but um, a wise woman once said to me that all men are losers. <laughs> and I was like, they are. Where is this going? I feel like maybe they are, but it's just a good way to, to look at it. Um, and I don't, I mean that in the most respectful way possible. No, I know what you possible. mean. As in, it's like normalising. I think we're given... Sorry, literally just hijacked your response. <laughs> no, but, but you I know do what I mean. think we're given this like superiority of yeah. men, especially if you didn't grow up with male attention and male attention is seen as the be all and end all. Mm-hmm. Then you're kind of given this like, it's given too much power. Yeah. And what you really need to do is you need to take away the power that men have exactly. over you. And therefore it's not about like, as in when you're saying all of them are losers, you're not being like, oh, they're you're a loser. It's, no, yeah, it's, it's being like... It's a way to put them yeah, on the like, same level as you. Exactly. It's like put like normalising yeah. male attention or male not attention exactly. and being like, either way, it's fine. Yeah. And therefore kind of taking away the power of thinking that's necessarily, like, yeah. good. Because I think everyone thinks they didn't get a lot of male attention when they were younger. Unless yeah. you're, like, Emrata. Right. In which case, she's just like, she I knows grew up she did. Yeah. But, like, I think everyone thinks that they were, like, a pretty awkward teenager who maybe didn't yeah. get the attention that other people got, whatever it might be. And therefore, we all have this, like, pedestal when it comes mm-hmm. to, like, the male gaze. Or, like, that's what the patriarchy puts us in. Yeah. As in, it's like, you will see this superiority of like you're the you're the like girl who's been chosen to have this attention or whatever and so we're all like I've you know had times where I've like not been looking for anything and then just because someone's like given me attention sure like there's still times where you can go and like 
you know, you might not be looking for something, but it might still be a good thing to, mm-hmm. you know, go on a date or whatever. But actually, like, reprioritizing everything just because a man showed you attention. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a hard thing to break out of. But I think you need to focus on you mm. and what makes mm. you happy. And I always think when I, like, I actually would prefer to have a woman say to me, oh my God, you look great today, rather than have a guy say it. Um, so I think you have to kind of shift to be like, I'd rather get attention from other people that think they can empower me or, you know, they're there to make me feel good in different ways. Yeah, and I think it is one of those things where you do just kind of train yourself to think more in that way as well. Like, as in, you know... I was about to say like an actual sciencey thing again. I always do this as I'm if I have like some sort of like psychological sciencey background. But I was about to say like CBTing yourself out yeah. of it. So you know with like CBT how like this is the worst definition of CBT. But essentially you're stopping yourself thinking things that you usually think. Yeah. Or like stopping yourself in your tracks. So if you're thinking that and then you're kind of like halt. I'm actually going to like why, reprioritize. Why am I thinking Yes. It? Go back to the source. Is it because I thought I looked horrible today and actually now this person's shown me attention, I finally accept myself I'm validating today. myself, yeah. Yeah. Is it because, like, it could be so many different reasons or because you're going through a breakup or because, I don't know, it's nice when someone compliments yeah. you, whether it's a man or not or whatever, but kind of just being able to be like, stop. Yeah, I think, I feel like we're therapists right now. Yes, without the qualifications. Yeah, without any qualifications. Nice. We shouldn't be doing And much this. cheaper. But no, I feel like I, in therapy for me, I always look, we look back at the source of where I've started feeling things. And generally, all of it comes from that space of when I'm younger, not feeling good enough. Yes. And I feel like that's one of those things that kind of, you come from a place there, you don't feel good enough, or you don't feel, yeah, you've got to look for the source. Yeah. Well, that's why people become serial killers, isn't it? All of them thought that they... <laughs> I'm not good enough. I'm going to murder All everyone. All of them thought that they were, you know... Everyone should get therapy before exactly. it goes wrong. So everyone just CD yeah. yourselves and stop it. And we'll be fine. Let's break it there. <laughs> okay, next one. This one's hilarious. And it says, How to hammer it into men that just because I don't come from penetration doesn't mean I'm fine with not coming at all. And then it says, Get on your knees. <laughs> to be fair communication mm. communication it was only until the relationship I'm in now where I was like hey you're gonna need to now finish me like yeah. I'm not done yeah but let's not just be that's not that's yeah, not yeah, yeah. and I think men are so used to women not saying anything so they're just like oh yeah we're done and we have more recent generations to undo in terms of that yeah. misunderstanding because I think that there's not been a lot of like female sex positive acceptance no until there, literally no, until the now. past. Like, of course, there were like previous waves of feminism where it's like, but it was quite a niche. Like, yeah. it still wasn't accepted to be able to like speak and be like, hey, actually, like, that doesn't work at all for me. Yeah. Like, as in, like, it's nice, but that's, that's not. That's my NFI. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Come on. That's a bone. Yeah. Um, but, like, actually being able to kind of say, you, you know, like, that type of communication was not accepted and was not required as, like, part of, yeah. you know, like, someone in a relationship. But for whatever reason, and I think, therefore, we all need to, I think men as well obviously have a duty to be able to understand that, like, first of all, orgasms often don't happen from penetration yeah. with women, but also being able to actually, like, open the conversation. Because I will say that the method by which women orgasm is 
very different from woman to woman like more different from woman to woman than it will be for men and therefore being like very vocal in terms of like I'm so surprised at like how many people literally just like don't know the stats on that and like how it's something like 80 something percent of women Mm -hmm. like won't and so it's like Let's have some conversations. It's have hard. Some communication. The communication is a difficult thing to bring up if it's not. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Someone you're comfortable with, but that... I, I, I never know how to advise on how to have that conversation. But yes. I think you have to be really selfish and be like, if I don't say something, I'm going to have a really shit time and I'm not going to enjoy it. Um, well, you might enjoy it still, but you, you're not going to end yeah. how they've ended. And yeah. That, yeah, that for me, I'm like, it's too important to me to not say anything. Yeah, and I think also not putting the pressure on yourself to necessarily sit like... If you build it up too much and you think you're literally going to have to say that the first time you yeah. sleep with someone, like that doesn't need to be the case. You don't need to literally, like you don't need to put the pressure on yourself. To, no. Ultimately, they should be asking how they can do yeah. that too, like to be honest. But also in, like, it doesn't need to be the first time. If you're sleeping with someone regularly, they should absolutely know and yeah. have asked questions about that. And you should mm-hmm. have had communication about that. And like, it, both of you should really want to bring that up. Yeah. But can completely understand, especially the younger you are, how yeah, that's it's not... Hard, it's really hard like, to Like, I literally young. used to, like, you know, when you're, like, a teenager and you're with, like, your kind of, like, first partner and you're, like, lie there being, like, I wonder if we'll have sex soon. As if you could, like, never initiate it yourself. Yeah, you can, and you're, and like, also, that would be nice. Like, afterwards, you'd be, like, oh, what would that happen? No, let's <laughs> never talk about that until the next time it happens. And then we probably <laughs> won't even talk about it then. The conversation's hard, but it does need to come into things, for sure. Yeah. Completely agree. Right, more questions. Not my current partner, but a while back something happened and I want to know what you would have done. So I had a friend with benefits for about a year. Dangerous. And one night I was very drunk and peed the bed with him in it. Would you, one, admit to what happened? Or two, lie and say you spilled something? Or another lie? That was her option she's given me. I think I would have owned it. Yeah. I would have been mortified because we all are in those situations, but I would have been like, yeah, I pissed your bed because <laughs> I yeah. thought you'd smell it. Yeah. I think pee's got a real, unless you just said you sweat the bed. Yeah. And then your sweat smells like wee, I don't know. I think I'd pretend I'd like fainted. <laughs> I think I'd literally be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid I, I died in the night. Something <laughs> Someone burst my bladder. <laughs> it was you. You squeezed my bladder in the night. Yeah. Or, or I'd be like, you pissed yourself. I yeah. Wake up and be like, oh, look you, what you've you done. Wet yourself and it's gone all over me, right on my crotch. I also love that this is the first thing someone thinks of when they think of like a dilemma that I'd like yeah. in my DMs. And then she goes. I said, I spilt water, and he was like, oh, that's okay, it happens. And then a few days later, he texted me saying he knew I pissed the bed. <laughs> to be fair, it's better than shitting the bed. 
Oh, for sure. I would rather be like I have. I, to be fair, I don't. I don't think that we in the beds. Well, it can be embarrassing, but I, I mean, I, I, do, I do it regularly. I've, I've not weed my, my bed before since I've been a kid because I've got the strongest bladder in the world for some reason. But my friends wet the bed so many times. Really? In like boys' beds when she's been drunk and she's just like, yeah, I've pissed in your bed. And I love that, that she just says it straight away. Oh, she's yeah, like, no, but you have I, to own I pissed it that in way. your bed. That is yeah. a wild trait to have. Yeah. She's that got the weakest bladder. That I've got this like iron drinking. bladder and she's just got like a little paper bag. I really appreciate the fact that she just still goes around and yeah. does it. Just like a pee bag. I've pissed my bed. I'm so sorry. Your mattress is going to need to be flipped. <laughs> but you should and probably flip it anyway because yeah. you meant to flip them every six exactly. months. Exactly. I'm just helping so I'm you out. I've just it? done you a favour. It's the little reminders. <laughs> you are so welcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next one. I've been seeing a guy for like four weeks. <clears throat> He still hasn't taken me out on a date, let alone asked me to be his valentines. For people listening to this at a later date, it is nearly Valentine's Day. For anyone who's forgotten, <laughs> it is too it is late. It is Valentine's. Um, now, I know I could just ask him, but as someone who has terrible, a terrible dating history, I have demands this time round. I think I'm just going to put these aside and ask him out, right? Some men get a bit lazy with yes. this. And yes. they don't think it's what you want. And yes. they don't... This is the one thing that's annoyed me in the past with people I've been with. Where I'm like, "Hey, I I'm not, I'm not asking you because I'm waiting for you to ask me." And you're, yeah. you, you, you still haven't asked me. So yeah, <laughs> it's looking What's like about going time. On? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you need to do something now. Um, yeah, I would just say I would be like, "Hey, you've not asked me, so do, did you want to go out for a date?" And he'll probably be a, a bit embarrassed, but yeah. I also feel like if you've had a rough dating history as you should have those demands, that you should want the best for yourself. Oh, 100%. I also think like, so the way I read this is you were saying, not you for context, <laughs> not my guest, the person who asked the I question. I DM'd this one. <laughs> it's her. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I know I could just ask him, but as someone who has terrible dating history, I have demands. So I think you're saying that your demands are that like someone goes above and beyond and makes an effort. Yeah. And then you're being like, well, I should just ask him, shouldn't I? And I think there's two, I think I would usually say absolutely yes. Like before you walk away, 100% communicate. Like 100% be like, yeah. I'm interested in you. I'd like to go out on a date. Um, but I also would say if your demands are someone who like falls head over heels for you immediately, wants to take you out, all of this, yeah, like this might not be the person because yeah. like, it, you're now potentially compromising what you've already said as a standard that you're setting for yourself yeah. because it hasn't happened yet. But I also would say that you set the tone at the beginning of when you're dating someone. And if it's if you've been seeing each other like casual. sleeping together very casual, his perception like that may well be that. That this is, is just casual. Yeah, like that that's what you want. That's the what you guys are going to be doing. And that's also like very, that's totally understandable. That could work both ways. And so like you do need to be able to communicate and just be like, hey, by the way, would love to go out on a date. Yeah, is um, this what I think it is? Yeah, or like is it, I'm yeah. not sure because you haven't asked me whether you think this is more casual yeah. or whether you don't want to go on a date and we're just going to yeah, keep and exactly. maybe this isn't working. but I do think you need to clarify because I don't think that people can read minds no I think this is the issue though with relationships like I think we're all quite scared or we don't want to communicate that up front the older I'm getting and the the more I'm learning about relationships it's like from the get-go you do need to literally outline kind of what you're looking for and if it's not going the way you're thinking it's going or if they're doing something that isn't what you're after you need to say to them like 
hey, by the way, it would be really great if this happened um, and then see how they respond. And if they're like, oh, I'm just like, that's not really me, then you know you're never going to get that from that yeah, person. Yeah, and it's probably ill-aligned and you can decide whether that's something that you genuinely want or whether it's, you know, a standard you thought you wanted because it equates to effort for you or yeah. whatever. Like, I'd say the older I've got, the more I've very much just been like, oh no, this is what I require from a yeah. relationship. And I also think the thing is, it's not telling someone to do something. You're not being like, you must do this. Yeah. You're being like, what I need from a relationship is this. And then it like invites someone to either meet you at uh, that yeah. point or, or depart. Yeah. And it's like, or just be like, oh no, that's not it. And then you're mm -hmm. like, cool we're probably not yeah. aligned we're not looking for the same oh, thing wait, that, this is great fine. it's not like no hard feelings no. but I think the misconception is that you literally have to like I will never nag someone mm -hmm. like you do like you uh, you don't have to nag someone to get up to a point yeah. like you kind of have to be like this is what I'm looking for yeah and the bar is can you get here. there <laughs> would you like to join me at this bar yeah or would you like to stay at yeah. your bar on and the we'll floor? depart and go <laughs> and I will step ways. over it and yeah. move on um yeah I feel like but like communication like people can't read minds otherwise no it is all about communication yeah agreed I don't want to lower my standards, but I've been single for five years and feel quite lonely sometimes, but equally happy in others. Not sure if I'm being unrealistic or silly. I also miss sex, but don't enjoy one night stands. Basically in a relationship with love, honey. Oh, I love that. Love that. <laughs> well, time. Valentine's yeah. Day yeah. deals, I'm sure will be coming Absolutely. around. Not that I'm sponsored by love, honey, but I would be open to the idea. Absolutely. I mean, I think... That's it. Oh, it's it's difficult because I mean I've got a friend that it sounds very similar. She's if I'm thinking it's like her. Um, it's difficult because I feel like it can be really lonely, especially if all your friends are in relationships. 100%. It's a little bit like oh, I've you know who have I who have I got to like go to at the end of the night or, but it, you do have to prioritize yourself. And I think if you lower your standards, you're going to invite someone into your life that you're going to be unhappy with, and you rather be unhappy alone than be unhappy with someone oh my god a hundred percent i also just think that like you don't need to lower your stand i mean some people to be fair some people you cannot expect someone to be completely perfect no but you can expect someone to align with your standards as long as it's a realistic standard yeah like if it's a standard that for example and i can only relate on a level of like i know what standards i set my standards are corresponding to what I bring into a relationship and what I'd like someone to bring into a relationship too, in terms of effort, in terms of love, in terms of like, you know, kindness, like all of these things. And therefore, like, I feel like it's not unrealistic because I know it's kind of like what I'm yeah. bringing and what I'll bring to a relationship. And so it's like, I feel like that's kind of fair. However, if you think it's something that you could never bring to a relationship, yeah. I think that might be a point of yeah. it. it might be unrealistic <clears throat> expectations. Um, but I also think that like, I don't think the solution to loneliness is a partner. No, I agree. You have to be, you do, it is like that cliche, you do have to be happy in your own company. Yeah. And I know that this person says that they're like lonely sometimes. And that's probably like, not a good sign, but like, if you're lonely all the time, the first option is not a partner because otherwise no, you're going to fall into a friends, relationship where, yeah, mm -hmm. like there's so many things you should be doing to, or you can do to stop yourself being lonely. As you say, like friends, family, activities, classes, like yeah. literally whatever. Of course, like if you're lonely sometimes, it's probably like the Sunday morning when you're like, huh. And yeah. if, especially if your friends are in relationships, yeah. like the majority of my friends are single. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like as in, but um, yeah, like the 
definitely if you're friends with more people that are in relationships like it's going to be those things that like yeah that will feel tough more. yeah yeah but I also would just say like never compromise that for like like no. lonely sometimes is so much better than being with a person who doesn't meet your standards 100 like, I just so strongly believe that no one should compromise their standards no and I also I think I think being alone and being single is actually a really great thing like when I've been single I think it's when you feel the most free and you're not tied down to anything. And I think it's a time that you should really celebrate. Yes. It's hard. To, I know that's coming from someone. I'm in a relationship. So obviously it yeah. sounds a bit like, yeah, well, you can say that now. Um, but I do think that when you get in a relationship, you're with that person and yeah. you'll find the right person. Um, it Just enjoy that time. Yeah. You have to be like, you know, just yourself. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I'm also in a relationship, but I feel like the, the time I had single... I would never trade for the world. No. Like, I wouldn't have met that person earlier. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have, like, first of all, fully believe in trusting in the timing of your life. Yeah. Like, I think that's so important and think the right person and the right situation will come along at the right time. Mm -hmm. And often you'll see those, you know, like any of the things that I've been like, oh my God, I thought that was this and I can't believe it didn't work out. It's been like, you look back and you're like, oh my God, yeah, thank, thank goodness. God. Like, oh, that <laughs> that really been there. But like, I... I also think that kind of you I'm such a strong believer and maybe people will disagree but I'm such a strong believer is in the fact that you really really need some time of like being battered through the dating world yeah. and like having situationships not work out and like spending loads of time with your friends and like wake like sleepovers with your mates yeah. on the weekend and like waking up like still drunk and like all of these things which you could obviously absolutely do, still do in a relationship yeah. but I also think that like you need that time to be able to like build yourself as a person without 100%. changing yourself yeah. for not who you're in a relationship with but like changing yourself for like or falling into what you are in one specific situation yeah. like I absolutely do not subscribe to the idea that like when you get into a relationship or like whatever that's that's the, end the end of your growth that's at it. all no. but I think being single especially when you're younger is a very very important time to grow it yourself is. and, and it, find out who you are exactly well. and it also teaches you like what you do and what you don't want not just from a partner but out of life like yeah. the people that you're around especially if you're doing like situationships I feel like those are the sort of things that molded me the most and showed me like the part of me that I wanted to die and the part of me that wanted to thrive and like what I wanted in a relationship, what I didn't want. Oh my God, a hundred percent. I think that like, I mean, the next question is actually how to keep dating when all you feel is rejection. I'm being ghosted all the time and feel like no one chooses me, which first of all, breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, I would also say that every single bad dating experience, not to like, take away from the severity of like your feelings and how you feel and all of that but I feel like it's so important for learning who you are and learning what you do and don't want and also learning when someone like comes along and is so clear that they like want you and want to be with you and all of mm -hmm. that you will never take that for granted not that that no. should be the only thing you look for no. but it should absolutely be something that you have as a bare minimum yeah and I think that if you haven't had those like situations where you're literally like 
you've stalked someone on Instagram so far that you've hurt yourself and then you're like, of course I knew that was happening. And like, all yeah. of it, it's, it's character building. Yeah, it really is. But the rejection thing is so hard. Yes. Oh like, my God, 100%. That is, that is so tough. I feel like there's nothing that can prepare you for that. And I also, the, the thing, the thing that's a problem like I had in the past, and my mum always said it, she was like, when you're rejected, you want that person more. You always want what you can't have. And you don't want that person. You just want that validation from them. And it can feel like, I mean, I've been on dates where I've been like, this is going really well, but it's because I'm enjoying myself. Like, yeah. it's probably my own you're company like, a lot there. such a good time. Yeah, I'm like, I'm having a great time. But actually, like, I come away, they've rejected me. And I'm like, do you know what? I, didn't, I don't think there was actually, if I'm being logical and not just going oh, they were great and they didn't want me being like, no, actually, I don't think they were that fun. They didn't yeah. really align with me. I couldn't imagine actually yeah, spending I just time with them. Off. Yeah, I was the fun one there. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, the rejection is horrible. But again, like, the character building, it does, it's horrible to go through. And, like, don't wish it on anyone. I'm sorry it's happening, but you'll come out of it when you get the good person. You'll be so much more, like, grateful and fulfilled in it. Yeah, and even if you decide that you want to be, like, you know, lots of people don't, aren't looking for like a long-term partner like lots of people will be very happy um you know having different relationships for different seasons of their life and like all of this and it doesn't have to just be like as in yeah you don't need to be looking towards this like idea of like exactly but I also think that like you will never experience rejection so starkly in quite the way that you get it in like dating rejection because which it's important like as in it's horrible and I think it gets to a point where if you're finding it really affects your mental health I don't think it's good to be keeping on dating like it's just probably not the right time thing you know whatever like it's just sometimes it's not right like sometimes it's not yeah you know like sometimes you just need a little bit of a break to like recover yourself and work out what you want and all of that but I do feel like sure you might be fired from a job once every few years or you might be rejected from your dream job or like whatever but never but you same. will never get rejection in such high frequency no, and, and like obvious like yeah. oh no I you just don't like you, you didn't want me but I think as well you've got to remember when you're rejected it's not you it is them like if you think about a food you don't like yeah. The food isn't the problem because no. so many other people like that food. Well, exactly. It's the, the the reason you don't like it is it's not to your taste. Or like all the people who you're like, imagine how many people you'll sit next to on the tube every day or like, you know, wherever it might be. Yeah. Who you would never be with. Yeah. That, there's literally nothing wrong there's, with them. And there's so many like, people and that you wouldn't. And there's so many, there's far fewer that you would like to be with yeah, than exactly. there are that you would. It's just like... Of course, it's hard when it's like, a, and also, especially there are different people who like know quicker whether they don't want something. So you might find yourself going on lots of first dates and then going on a second date and then they don't really yeah. or whatever. Like there are different things that, you know, you might start being able to put boundaries in place where you're like, actually, I don't go on a third date unless I know whether they're like actually genuinely yeah. interested and we're both looking for the same thing mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. But I feel like it's, yeah, it's like absolutely no reflection on you. It's a reflection on compatibility. And actually, like, thank God for the people who are quite clear because there's yeah. actually nothing worse than the people who were like not clear and a little bit wishy washy. Or I think worse than ghosting is like keeping some, like, I know so oh, many people who keep people along for the ride, but like don't ask to see them because it's like you're a great backup option. That's, that, that and is that is far worse. Thing. And that's where you need to have boundaries being like, 
I'm not going to let myself yeah, get Yeah, yeah, like that's not a thing. I also just think that the your to your point on how we want people more if we can't have them, that's also why we want emotionally suppressed people more and more because yeah. they like, you're never going to get no the emotion from them that you want. Like whether it's like, and then when you get that little bit of like affection or whatever, which it's is like, why, oh God, like, gonna, yeah. what's that? Do you watch White Lotus? Yes. Yeah, so there's this one point that like, you know, like Tanya, like looks at her like assistant, and she's like, "Don't spend your life chasing emotionally unavailable men." And I was like, "Oh, Tanya, you're so right." Yeah, like, she's bang on. We love Tanya. You're spot on there. Yeah. But it's so, like, as in, like, don't allow yourself to go for things that you know, like, lure you in and aren't actually what you want. Yeah. Like, I think <clears> that's <throat> so important. And like, learning what your kryptonite is. Mm-hmm but knowing that it's not actually what you want. Because yeah. I think there's such a different thing to like what you go for in dating and what you genuinely, you don't actually see value in that trait. No. Like it's not something you want in a partner. No. You just want that person other than that. And then you feel like all the people have that in common and you're like, mm, might this be me? Yeah, hang on, hang on a second. There really is a pattern here. <laughs> yeah, well. Dating's hard. <laughs> it is, it is so, so hard. Last question. We're in. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, two one. <clears throat> I have a three-year relationship rut. I've been with my boyfriend for three years and we have been long distance for most of that time. We currently live about 1.5 hours away from each other and spend time together on the weekends. I finally got a new job in the same city as him so we could theoretically now move in together and progress our relationship. However, we recently had a big discussion about the near future and I want to go traveling, he doesn't. I don't want to continue the relationship while I'm away traveling, but he wants to stay together. He also doesn't want to move in together now because of our different desires about traveling, which I totally understand and think is fair, but our relationship has basically run its course now, no? I feel so confused about what to do. I love him and enjoy being with him, but is it pointless to stay together when we don't want the same things for the future? I'm only 24, but I don't want to feel like I wasted time. That, that, literally, that's me. Really? That's like a relationship. (laughs) Right now, I'm actually breaking up with him. No, (laughs) I had a relationship. (laughs) Like, literally, this is how I'm doing it. We're over. Um, No, I, um, I literally, the beginning of that, I was like, whoa, that's, that's, did I write this? So I got an old relationship I had. We, kept going in a long distance relationship for four and a half years or something and that relationship died at point the, th- the three-year mark and yeah. that should have stopped at the three-year mark really yeah I think it's really difficult because when you've been with someone for that amount of time you're so used to them you're used to the routine of them especially long distance you're used to like existing near each other but not always being together and I think that's actually even more difficult because you don't I think coming out of that relationship as well you don't ever quite realize when it's ended yes sure because it's ended but you're also like you're not talking anymore but maybe you you have days where you don't speak as much um but I personally would say if you want different things and you're young and you're like the living together thing's not really happening there's no end in sight I think it's time to give it Give it the end. I Hard. completely agree. And I also felt like from the tone of her message... She's over it. I think you're over it. Because having had like a long-term younger relationship, I think you cl- like you definitely cling on to it for as long as possible because it's what you know. Yeah. Like there's something like three years and you're 24. Like that's a lot of your adult life. Yeah. Like that is, you know, that's 
that is it's a it's a good amount of time it's literally half your adult life at that time and I think like you're more likely to cling on to it based on the fact that it's terrifying to break up mm -hmm. it's you what's know next? what if it's the wrong thing like what's next what if you never meet someone like them like all of these things that go around your head even though you know it's probably not the right thing yeah the fact that you're even being like it's probably run its course no that to me that's the answer is yeah to <clears throat> me that's like you kind of know it's over and you probably want validation from someone else, which is so fair, like yeah, asking and your friends do, yeah. and being like, you know, I feel like one of the first stages I know when like one of my friends' relationships is over is when they start saying like a lot of the things that they do wrong, because usually, you know, we kind of protect our relationships. You don't want people to know. Yeah, that, you don't yeah. want like when they've done something like really terrible and you tell your friends and they're like, oh, my God, because you, yeah, you then you're like word oh, no. vomiting because yeah. you know that they won't let you kind of get back with them. Yeah. And it's almost your way of like protecting yourself. Exactly you know that your friends will be like nah -uh, like it's not yeah we're, right. we now will never like him again exactly and I feel like you're kind of wanting the ex like external people to be like do you know what yeah which I think I completely agree if you're young and you want different things I think there's definitely still ways to make it work if for example you wanted to go traveling for six months he didn't because of like a job or whatever but you guys were still really clear that you wanted to be together to me it sounds like you're not not totally sure on the fact that you even want to be together yeah and I think moving from long distance relationship to living in the same city or like the fact that you've been in a long distance relationship and you're now at the stage that you could live in the same city but you're not yet is like it should be such a relief to be able to yeah. finally be in the same place that to me that's like maybe a sign that it's like it was maybe better at a distance, which some things are. Yeah. Like some, you know, it doesn't need to be like the traditional form of relationship where you like spend a lot of time oh, yeah, together always, and, and of live together and yeah. Yeah, I have so many friends who've had long distance relationships and then they've moved closer together and they've been like, huh, so turns out this could have played out in half the yeah, amount of time because literally. we don't like each other yeah. that much. Um, and I think that's just a classic part of a long distance relationship to be yeah. honest. But to me... I do, I do think you're right in saying... I think when I was at a point in this, the relationship I was in that was long distance, the year and a half, I think it was probably a year and a bit before we broke up, I was checked out of it mentally. And yeah. I do think that women do check out of yeah. relationships earlier than men do. We will stay in them, but be checked out. And it's easy to do that in a long distance relationship because they're not there yeah. for you to like... Nothing's actually changing the absence, in the everyday. No. And you also are not... Like you're not, you're not foregoing plans with your friends to no. also be with them. You're living your single life while you're still with them. And I think... As soon as you get the doubts and as soon as you start to feel like maybe this isn't right, you're questioning it. And like, I did do that thing where I was like, do you think, like, do you, what do you think? Like, I'd ask other people what they thought. And all I was asking for was someone's permission. And I was yeah. asking for someone to say, break up. Yeah, or also or someone to them. kind of like take the blame if it doesn't go right. Like, yeah. as in like, not that you'd actually Absolutely. go to them and be like, you told me. Yeah. But like, actually, so that if you did break up with them and you felt shit, you wouldn't have to be like this is all oh, on this me. is only like as in you could be like well everyone said it wouldn't yeah, you know? exactly. like of yeah. course I thought that or whatever um but yeah it sounds like it's run but its course I kind of think she's in the best situation because yeah. break up go live your best life go yeah. travel and like you will not regret that that'll be the most fun thing you do and it will be so freeing and you you have that independence already you don't feel codependent on this person and you've got all your friends and you can have a great time 
And maybe if you are suddenly like, oh, I think that was the right, right relationship. There's no yeah. reason why you couldn't get back together in the future. Completely agree. And also like, don't, I like the fact, I think it's so easy to compromise what you want based on the fact that it's that or that relationship. And yeah, ultimately you have so much time in this life to be able to like find something that's right both for a relationship and for you and for like all of these things like go traveling enjoy it have the best time yeah. like I'm glad that message was being like I want to go traveling rather than being like and so maybe I won't yeah like, no do it. definitely go traveling yeah and like yeah also as someone who in the past has compromised for a, a boy wouldn't ever recommend that ever yeah. again that was a huge learning curve to me like why would I why would I miss out on stuff to stay with someone that I never stayed with in the end yeah um which I say that with love obviously I'm not saying that um in yeah, way, but, yeah like I, listening? I, I do feel like there were some mistakes I made yeah. and I do feel like going forward that's why I am so so much more like selfish yeah I do think you have to be selfish in like to a to a degree not like everything's about me um but I make sure that I'm getting the things I want out of a relationship and I'm not compromising on the things that are important to me. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You've got to do it. And I think that is a nice, wholesome breakup to end on. It is. For our breakup and as well. We feel really good about it. Yeah, thank you, everyone. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the end of the episode and you're broken up with. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> Truly, though. Oh, well, thank you so much for thank joining me. Thank you so much This for has been me. so great. Oh, I feel like so I've been therapised and I feel like people listening have been therapised too. Yeah, I feel like I'm leaving here a better person. I feel really joyful oh good well thank you so <laughs> thanks much thanks for having me